Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest. Today's show is a Q&A segment hosted by yours truly with Mayor Jim Watson, the mayor of the city of Ottawa, a city of a little over a million people. Enjoy this conversation with Mayor Jim Watson. Our next speaker needs no introduction. He has presided over the city of Ottawa growing up from a medium-sized city to a major world city, and he's been he's had his hand steadily on the helm for much of that time. With that, I'd like to introduce our mayor, Mr. Jim Watson. Well, first of all, thank you, Mr. Mayor, and we'd like to give you a little gift as a thank you from Oreo. Thank you very much. And hopefully there's no conflict of interest. I don't have to register as a lobbyist to give it to you or anything. It's under $100. It's under $100, so we're good. Okay, good. Thank you. So we're going to take some questions now, I think. uh, Yes, why don't I I kick it off? We'll we'll go to the audience here in a moment. One of the big hot topics always, of course, is this question of affordable housing. And it really comes down to simple math. When you're paying a certain amount of dollars to buy a piece of land and construction costs cost what it does, the math dictates what you'd have to charge for rent. Otherwise, you're losing money and you can't compel investors to lose money. What are your thoughts? Is there a solution that doesn't involve government spending money but actually creates the conditions that make investors compelled to invest? I think the the easiest solution is that often builders will come and see us and they want to build uh, 25 stories when the permitted uh, height is uh, 18 stories. So uh, there has to be give and take. If we're willing to give uh, some leniency to increase the number of uh, floors, then there should be a certain percentage of those units should be considered affordable. Uh, and, uh, you know, that makes sense economically. Uh, you have to figure project by project where it is. Uh, but I think it, it shows there's, um, you know, we've seen this happen. We don't have the legislative authority to do that. We can use moral suasion. We've seen it happen on a number of projects with apartments. You get greater density, and uh, then you free up uh, X number of units for affordable housing. So I think that's one of the ways uh, to do it, because I recognize that people uh, are buying these buildings and investing in them as a uh, their nest egg, and uh, you don't want to um, simply be forced to provide affordable housing at a reduced rent and not receive any compensation for it. Has the city looked at anything like making it easier for developers, whether it's loan guarantees, things of that sort, that again, or perhaps even tax abatements that make the right conditions possible for investors to make those types of investments? Yeah, the city is very limited under the Municipal Act as to what it can do. That Those kinds of ideas that you brought forward are called bonusing. We're not allowed to help one company that, to the disadvantage of another. What we have done is we have a Brownfields Rehabilitation Fund, and that has helped a number of uh, units. I think of that whole development across from uh, on Hunt Club just uh, before the bridge where there's uh, restaurants and I think a senior's home. That was all contaminated, and we provided something like, I think, three or four million dollars uh, that was matched by the private sector, it cut their costs in half, and then we generate the tax revenue uh, back from that. So uh, we do have that ability from a, um, an environmental point of view, because as you know, there are a lot of sites around the city that are contaminated. Le Breton Flats is one. We don't, uh, we've said very clearly we, the program wouldn't apply to Le Breton because we're not going to subsidize the federal government. It's their land. They should clean it up. Absolutely. Well, so you've presided over this very spectacular project that now also spectacularly failed. What is the city's perspective on it? Can you? Is there anything that you can share on that? On Le Breton Flat? Yes. Anyone want to buy a hockey team? That would be the... Uh, <laughs> I, I was um, uh, very disappointed. You know, the partners, uh, Eugene Melnick and John Ruddy, 
uh, ended up suing. They're suing each other, and the whole thing unraveled. Uh, but uh, I have great confidence in John Ruddy, local uh, success story, owns Trinity, uh, was one of the partners with Oseg that did uh, Lansdowne. Uh, and, uh, you know, what, what frustrated me was that we were getting mixed signals from Eugene. Because, uh, you know, in December, if you recall, of 2017, we had this great NHL Outdoor Classic at Lansdowne. I worked on that for four years to get them to come here to commemorate the 100th anniversary of the very first NHL game in history, which was in Ottawa in 1917. It all worked out. I ended up getting my appendix out and I missed the game. But I watched it on TV and uh, it was quite spectacular. Shania Twain coming out on a dog sled, very Canadian moment there. And uh, just before that game, Eugene uh, went and did an interview and said, well, maybe we don't have to move downtown. And I nearly fell out of my hospital that I said, what is he talking about? Because I had had a number of meetings with Gary Bettman and Gary is really keen on getting the, the arena downtown because as you know, there's no walk-up traffic in Canada. No one lives within a walkable distance of Canada. So that's why you have a lot of empty seats. The team not playing well, obviously, is another factor. But the fact is that, um, uh, you know, uh, Lansdowne, through the Red Blacks and the Fury, has lots of opportunities for, for walk-up traffic. And there's very limited public transit in Canada as well. We put on the 400 series buses for, for game nights and so on. So, um, you know, the NCC are now back, not necessarily square one. But uh, they've learned some lessons, and uh, there will be an RFP process of some sort uh, after the federal election. I don't think they're going to start anything uh, before that. So probably at our November board meeting, we'll have a better idea of the roadmap. But I very much believe that we, even if we don't have an agreement to move the arena, because obviously Eugene owns it, uh, we should carve off a section uh, of the overall development site for an arena. Uh, so that whether you know he sells the team or you know whatever something comes along where it just makes sense, we have the land saved and reserved. Uh, but I want to be very clear: I don't. You know, they wanted uh, the city to uh, pay for the arena. They didn't want to pay development charges. They didn't want to pay taxes, and then they want it rent free. I said, "Hmm, this sounds like a really good idea for them, but not for the taxpayers." So um, I think you know we can play our role in terms of the public realm of the, the, the site, you know, whether it's sewers, water, parkland, and so on, but I don't uh, uh, support using tax dollars to subsidize uh, an arena. Let's open it to questions here in the room. Hi, Jim. Uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I know we're all very appreciative, and um, thanks for your commitment to our city. Um, as many of us uh, are investors, well, almost all of us here are investors, we own properties, um, we, uh, you know, accommodate a variety of different types of guests. Uh, I'm curious if you could talk to us about the short-term uh, rental uh, study you guys have a consultancy company doing. If you guys know which way you're leaning, are you looking to prioritize more zoning type stuff, uh, principal, uh, principal residences? Uh, do you have a kind of bit of a timeline? I know the, the timeline's kind of been pushed back on a few occasions when you're thinking of bringing in, uh, bringing in these sorts of regulations. Anything you can tell us about it would be great, thank you. Yeah, it, it's a challenge, you know, uh, for us because we're getting a lot of complaints by residents who now all of a sudden are seeing this turnstile at their next door neighbor's house who doesn't live there. It's turned into a full-time rental property through Airbnb and other, uh, other sharing. Um, so I don't know what the, where, where it's gonna end up. I personally uh, have no problem with Airbnb if it's done on an occasional basis. I do have a problem when someone uh, is buying up a property and using it just for Airbnb. Uh, they're not, uh, 
paying taxes. Uh, they don't pay the destination marketing fee of a hotel, which we use to attract tourists. Uh, there's uh, challenges with property standards, loud, rowdy parties, and so on. And when you go in, and you're, you know, most people, their single largest investment is their home. And when I move into an R-zoned area, which is R for residential, I don't expect a quasi-hotel to pop up next door to me. And uh, I think that's uh, a, a problem that cities across North America are facing. It started out, fair enough, I'm going to be away for the weekend, I'll rent my... Uh, my house out or my apartment, and that seemed to work. But then it's blossomed into, you know, I think, some, I think there's some story, maybe the person's in this room that owns like, you know, 50 plus units, and they're, they're doing it on a full-time basis. And I'm sure making a lot of money, but um, they're causing a lot of grief in, in established neighborhoods. So it's I think it's coming later this year. I don't know the exact date, but um, it's, it's coming this year uh, from staff. And I know Toronto is doing a similar study as well. So it's a, it's a challenge across Canada, if not North America. Anyways, uh, thank you very much. Have a great uh, evening. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Thank you. Thank you. Hopefully you enjoyed that conversation with Mayor Jim Watson. doesn't matter where in North America you live. It's worth taking the time to meet with your local politicians, to have them come out and speak to your local real estate investors' organizations. It's through that process you get an idea of what the sentiment is at City Hall, and you open a genuine dialogue between the investor community and the politicians that are making decisions on behalf of not just investors, not just tenants, but all residents of the city. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.